you're attempting to get somewhere or go through something and you feel like there's a toll to be paid, that's a mistake. So instead of having to re-beat you over the head with that every day, they just say the gateless gate. Right? So obviously there's no way to enter because there's no gate. Yeah? So the whole idea of entering is taken away, it's dismissed. And so, all right, well, if the entering is dismissed, then the only way you can go is to question, are you where you think you are that needs to go somewhere and enter somewhere else? That's how it serves you. So you get confronted with, hey, there's no entry, so you, your mind goes, maybe shrinks like a raisin in a sense, so it gets really small, oh no, what am I to do? But that's the thing, is the question that source of what am I to do? Who is the doer of all that needs to be done? Who is it that needs a gate for it to enter or not to be allowed to be entered? Yeah? Who is it that wants to put a gate where the gateless gate is? What is that? Is it you? If it's not you, why be defined by its hate? If it's you, you're defined by its hate. You're, you're right at the point of the hiccup. It doesn't matter how good you do after the hiccup. The hiccup reverberates through everything. It's like in the Buddhism, the Eightfold Noble, noble Path, where if you look at, that, at it in a linear way, it says, I don't remember all of them, but there's right view is the first one, and then there's right livelihood, right understanding, right meditation, right, 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 right. But the right can only carry through from the right view. Without the right view, meditation could be right, could be wrong. Yeah? Livelihood could be right, could be wrong. Yeah? Understanding could definitely be right or wrong. Yeah? Because the hiccup is there at the first, at the point of view. If the view isn't right, that hiccup is going to follow through everything else and it's going to be a possibility. So when you believe you've secured a state of mind and body, it's not going to be too secure. Because the hiccup is going to be there. The hiccup is like that the house built on sand. The hiccup is what's moving in the sand. However strong the foundation you think you've built, it's rumbling and tumbling. There's a there's a, a hiccup. There's a, a it skipped the groove. It's stuck. Yeah. Do 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 do. So you, there's the, there's a desire to move, but there's always this stuckness. So, it's, so they give you answers like, hey, mine can't seek mine. So hopefully if you hear that, there'll be a recognition and something will stop. You, at least you'll pause for a moment and some information will download from the pause, not from your mental activity, which is just the same old, same old being regurgitated. So the same old, same old, old movement that wanted me to get to the best dealer is the same movement that's wanting me to get to the best teacher. It's the same movement. Yeah? It's just painted differently, and it may produce a little different results, but it's the same movement. It's the same, it's based on the same hiccup. Yeah? So self can't get out of self. That's a statement in recovery that can save you a whole lot of time. Wait a minute, what? Self can't get out of self. Oh, well, I have an exemption. I'm, not, I'm a special self. No, self can't get out of self. There's no exemptions, yeah? You're not in a special situation that you are going to be the one that's finally going to leave as a self from self. <laughs> because how can a product of a mental process leave the mental process? How can it? If you are already determined by a mental process, 
the starting point, the square that we believe we're starting our day from, or each moment from, let's make it even smaller, that's, that, that's a frame. That's, that, that position has been structured. It's not an organic location. It's a mental location. You've already been determined. And so you believe from here you're going to make your first step, and then that first step will lead, will create the direction, and then I'm going to put 10,000 steps behind it, and I'm going to get somewhere. It sounds really good, doesn't it? All right? I'm going to take my first step. I'm going to know the truth. I'm going to do this and whatever. And then I'm going to put a lot of effort and thought behind it. Great. But that that's not the first step. The first step is where you think you are. The direction's already been sent. It's set. It's self-centered. The direction is self-centered. You're going to be taught seeing the truth of how it pertains to you instead of realizing there isn't no you and that's the truth. Yeah. So this, the first step has already been taken. We're assuming we forgot the first step has been set and we think we're taking the first step. I'm the doer. I'm the haver. I'm the thinker. I'm the mover. I'm the shaker. You've been shaped and moved and thought already. Yeah. It's already a done deal. <laughs> you can't stop. You know, I'm going to go from here. You're already defined. The way you look at things is defined. It's framed already. You haven't seen a fucking new thing in the whole, your whole life. It's been determined by the way you look at it. Yeah. You read a book and you think the book is getting a message through to you. The book is being framed by the message you've already gotten, which is I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Self can't get out of self. Stop using mind to seek mind. Stop using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. What the hell does that fucking mean? Let it hit you. If you are that which you're supposed to be seeking, then let that hit you. But no, it's not, I am that, but not as I am now. No, that's not the message. It says you are that. It's, you can't have it defined by you again. Oh, I am that. I believe I am that, but not right now. I need a lot of work. I've got to purify some more. I did something really bad today that exiles me from being that. Yeah? I can only be that in the way I think I could be that. Yeah? It's an impossibility. You can't escape the system. If there's the identification of self, all the drive to get out of self is a form of being in self. Whatever form it takes, whatever addition or subtraction. Oh, I practice Kabbalah, now I gave that up, I'm going to do Buddhism. All the you know additions and subtractions are just like little like activity on the surface. The the level the the complexion of the surface has already been defined, self-centered. Yeah. Just like when I was a kid and that girl said hello to me in school, and I wondered what she I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. The only way I could think about it was from self-centeredness. I, I just looked at that situation and the only way I could see it is how does it pertain to me? Yeah, this is self-centeredness. So the truth, where is the value in the truth? The only value is in how it pertains to me. Yeah. So what's the other, the open secret? How can there be a secret if it's open? Yeah? 
You can read 800 pages, and that statement can do more than 800 pages, the open secret, because you have an idea of secret. Secret is not everyone knows it, you know? And that this one's, this person's saying it's an open secret. Well, what the fuck? How could it be a secret then? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, exactly. It's just, these things for me are sort of like, let's say if you had curly hair, these little statements are like hair straighteners. <laughs> you just put a little bit in and it straightens out the hair. You know what I mean? All the hair. Just a little bit. You don't have to just put it on and now your hair is straight. Aha! Yeah. Like this lady said to me the other day, oh, you're growing your hair longer. So it's sort of implied with the language that I go home and I work on it, you know, like I'm growing it longer, like I have something to do with it. The only thing I have to do with it is not going to the barber. <laughs> because it's going to grow longer naturally, yes? The same thing with mind. Mind has the ability to enjoy peace. Yeah, because it's the source of peace. Yeah, it has the enjoy, the ability to enjoy clarity because it is clear. Yeah, it has the enjoy, the ability to enjoy spaciousness because it is spaciousness. Yeah. Does it need your help? As little as possible. Now, maybe you don't like the uh, people that said those things, like, you know, don't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yeah? Don't use mind to seek mind. Maybe you don't think they knew what they were talking about. But if you look through different, a lot of different lineages and different things, they basically are saying the same thing. Yes? It's not so much what... It, you do, it's how you do it. If you do things as the doer, that's a defining activity. Every action now will be used to define that you're the doer of it, and you'll be bonded to that idea. And when you're bonded to the idea, mental states will arise. Some may be pride for what you did, some may be guilt and shame for what you did. Yeah? But it can't, you can't break the chain. Yeah? Once the doing gets identified as the doer, then these mental states become dominant. So you have pride, guilt, and shame. Yes, constantly coming up. And then to a point where there doesn't need to be uh, guilt anymore because now the base of shame is in place. You feel there's something inherently wrong with you. Yeah? Good luck for the day. Then the day is what? It's like you have mental accountants accruing the value you produce during the day because you have so much to overcome because you're not deserving of anything. This is selfing. Yeah? Just an activity of the mind that is unfettered, acting like it's bound. Yeah? It has to have an anchor. There's got to be a way it gets rooted, and it's described very clearly. The way it gets rooted is those hiccups, those assumptions that are never questioned. The idea that I'm in a location that's free to look any possible way, you're defined. You're on like a constructed, conditional thing that moves. And then as it moves and it points in a way, the mental process has a narration that you did it. I'm the one who's looking that way. The feeling of being Paul is a reaction. That's all it is. 
It's the mental processes and reactions to conscious contact. And then it assumes that you're conscious, and then what happens is, as soon as you can become conscious, you start experiencing being unconscious. Yeah. Because as soon as consciousness is taken off the plate of absolute and put into this little mental cafeteria, it can get partitioned into two sides, like toast, you know? Into this, that, and that. So now I'm, there's the possibility of me being really conscious, but there's also a possibility that I could be really unconscious. Which way does it lean most of the time? It mostly leans towards the unconscious. Yeah. And therefore, the only way you can believe you can become conscious is by doing and having. And those doing and havings have been passed down what seems to be the way you need to do and have. And maybe you're not going to go to bed. Maybe you don't want to go on a retreat. So basically, you're going to be living under the assumption you're pretty much unconscious. Yeah. Because you haven't done anything to become conscious. When If you entertain that that's the natural state, which is consciousness, it has nothing to do with doing and having. It's inherently so before the game started. We can't see that because we're starting the game at square one. We're not starting at zero. There's already been assumption that has occurred and has taken root, and we're living from square one, which I believe is the act of being identified as what you're not, taking yourself to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and that... How that's bonded is that you're the doer, you're the chooser, you're the this, you're the that. Like it's all on you. That's square one. Now if you want to see the game from a different position, it doesn't mean get to square eight and square twelve, because primarily you'll see it'll still be the same game. But if you can go and just entertain you're not at square one, that maybe you're at square zero, you'll see the game differently. Yeah? With no thought or effort on your part. It'll just happen. Your mind will give meaning to things in a different way than it's giving meaning to now. Because all of its ability to give meaning is being siphoned through this thing called self-centeredness. All the attention and interest goes out. Very little goes back. And when it goes back, it goes back to you, which is out. It doesn't go back in. It It takes this to be in. It takes Paul to be in. So I'm going back to my root, which is step zero. No, you're not. You can only go back to step one. You're here. You're defined already. You're taking yourself to be something that you're not. Yeah, That's not point zero. And as soon as that structure is in place, and it's taken to be the starting point, then every other point, every other movement on the game board is infected by that one little miscalculation. Every one of them. The vibration or the tremor of that goes through everything. So here I am. I'm at step step one. I want to get relief from step five, step eight, and step ten. Relationships, finances, health, and this and that. But how do I want to get relief from it? As step one, as square one. The real relief is at square zero. But I can't get there. If square one tries to turn around and no square zero, that's still square one. Yeah? Square zero will be defined by square one, just like square five is being defined by square one. And square 30, and heaven and hell is being defined by square one. But if you question, hey, am I that? 
And this definition loses its most important entanglement, which is identification as. When that drops, then you see things from square zero. Things will look a whole lot different. You don't have to work hard at trying to make look different. You just respond to them looking different. Yeah? It's totally, it's a much different movement. Instead of, alright, I'm going to take this, which is already set like in cement, and I'm going to change it. Yeah? Instead, this changes, and you see different. Yeah, it's just a much nicer, easier way. And then, one of the most beautiful qualities of it, it has such a timeless quality, you realize, you realize the construction of time. You realize how this one little hiccup has geometrically progressed in this place called time and space and taken more and more form in the space it has available and more and more time to take more and more form until we get so fucking neurotic and so we're eating our own tails most of the time. I remember the first time I heard this message, I shared, I put my hand up, and there was a woman that was delivering it, and I said to her, Jesus, I just came in here, and by listening to you, I realized I'm here looking at mental states, I was observing at mental states, but I thought it was me, the real square zero that was watching the mental states. It's a mental state looking at the mental state. Aha! I got a free sample of square zero. You know what I mean? I saw, I saw from, from not a mental state, and it made a huge impression. It was like an unspoken yes, and it was never forgotten since that night. It just percolated over the last 15, what, how many years? Yeah. Because for once, I was, in, I was seemingly on the game board, but not of the game. Yeah. And when you realize you're not of the game, it has an influence in appearing in the game. Yeah, you travel lighter. And you may not have these 10,000 step plans and journeys anymore because you realize there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Like I have this thing, there's a beautiful place I walk behind the library. It takes five minutes to go there. In the past, I would have to, to get convinced how beautiful it was. I'd have to make it six hours away. So it made me look like I took a lot of effort to get there. And when I got into that beautiful, like, uh, canyon, I really enjoy it. I drive five minutes, I get the exact same enjoyment if I was in Yosemite, in Mill Valley. <laughs> I couldn't, it couldn't be more beautiful than any place in the world. Because it's not that that's the beauty, it's you. It's the mind that's the beauty. The mind is projecting the beauty. You don't need time and effort to have a more beautiful place than a less beautiful place. It's wherever you are. You play a huge role in it. Yeah. And there's so many forms of saviors we're looking for. <laughs> Girlfriends or money or this or that. Yes. All saviors have to fail for them to really serve you. Because you've got to be left with your own devices. So to realize something inherently in you. Not to realize that someone else has something, but to realize that that which you think they have is already there. Yeah? No one's owning anything here.
everything's on loan in a sense because everyone's passing away. No one has a damn thing. Yeah. So we attempt to share some of those basic hiccups. If you see how insane the assumptions we're entertaining are, like the whole idea of trying to trying to get into this moment, it's just an insane statement to me. Because there's no way we could be out of this moment. Yeah? There's no way. Why do we want to tr- get really, really into this moment? You can't get more into this moment than you're in. There's no, you are the moment. So it's so absurd that we bought a belief that we have the ability to be out of a moment. (laughs) And now a whole cottage industry is how to get into the moment. I mean, it's great because it's providing livelihoods for people, but I mean, it's an insane movement, isn't it? To try to, I'm going to really, really get into this moment. All right, how am I going to do it? What am I going to do? Meditate myself into it? You're meditating in it. <laughs> you know, work and get hard and effort myself into it, you're already in it. You know what I mean? What is there to do? Absolutely nothing. Just recognize the obvious. Yeah. And then the idea of getting out of what you can't be in is the same thing. It's just as absurd. I'm trying to get out of something that I can't be in. What I am cannot be that what my mind takes itself to be. It's not a physical location, and it's not a mental state. It's prior to both, yeah? So to try to get out of what I can't get, to get out of what I can't be in, and to get into what I can't be out, you have to see those two examples have geometrically progressed, and they spawned all kind of impossibilities that we take to be obviously normal, yeah? But if you look at them, they're impossible. It is impossible to believe that what's not happening can have such a strong effect here. Seemingly stronger than what's happening. You know? It really is. It's amazing. We're miracle workers. We can take some we can make something out of nothing and ruin our whole day. <laughs> I wish my I wish <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so how do they, they have enough ch- obstacles and challenges? Why do you want to bring in the past and future to it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you really want to really make the odds like a thousand of one that you're going to be halfway sane by 8 o'clock tonight? <laughs> sensations and situations that are arising. Why do you want to bring all this all this magical stuff about the past and the future into it? Yeah? I mean, come on. Traveling later. <laughs> and there's no way you cannot answer that knock on the door by thought if that hell is yours. There's no fucking way. No way. If the, if the thoughts are, when you hear them coming and they're assumed to be yours, you're going to open up the door. Yeah? Your attention's going to agree it. Someone else could tell you the same thing, and if they're held as their thoughts, you won't be affected by them. But if they're held as yours, they'll have a huge effect on you. 
Yeah? Check it out. So there it is. There's the knock on the door. Or a feeling. Alright? It's already in anyway. It's this is just it's it's it, this is like it's uh it's form of etiquette. You believe it's already in. Once you know, I didn't want to have that feeling, but you already had the feeling. The feeling already happened, right? How could you say you didn't want to have a feeling unless you felt the feeling? Yeah. You don't know. How can you describe a feeling? You feel something, and then the mind makes up, oh, well, that's that's sadness or whatever. You, it just goes through its little deck of cards and picks one out. It's very rarely on. It doesn't know. Like it says in the course, miracles you're never upset for the reason you think, you know. But he doesn't do it. So you believe, oh, paranoia. Oh, come on in. Come on in, paranoia. It's just like a, it's like a family friend. It's yours. Come on in, paranoia. And then the paranoia drops a few seeds. The thoughts germinate. The geometric progression occurs, and now you're in a mental state that you weren't in five minutes before. You know, suspicious of everyone, especially most suspicious of the people who seem to love you. They're setting me up. They're taking advantage of me. They're trying to impose themselves on me. You know, all it takes. Drop one little seed in there, and it's hell is mine, and watch what happens. It's like it's given miracle growth. Truly. One little seed about what's not happening is given miracle growth by the word my. When my mind, which is unbelievable what it can entertain, when it, it when something gets introduced to it and it it snaps, it clamps on the my to it, it now it's like miracle growth. The mind is like miracle growth. It can grow a giant situation out of nothing. Yeah. And then what? Then you're busy all day trying to cut through that jungle. Yeah? Oh, what's we gotta go spend some time and I gotta talk to you. I've got a lot of things to say. Yes. There's a lot of things happening lately I'm not happy about. And I think we better let's pay three hundred dollars to see a therapist together and get some advice about what's not happening, you know, before something happens. This is insane, isn't it? Really. It's speaking and crazy to me. Yet it seems normal every day, especially you're in. Most people have therapists. They have a doctor. They give them their pills, you know, the you know, mental stuff or pain pills. They have their, they belong to a club. They may have a personal trainer. They're taking care of their body. Yes, they've got their finances in place. They couldn't, you know, a nuclear explosion could occur. Their land rover could make it through it, you know. Just, everything's there, yeah? But one little thought goes through them and it ruins their whole day. They got to call them. Can I see you now today? Uh, our appointment's Thursday. I got to see you now. Why? Something came up. What? A thought. <laughs> I like the quality of being free from a lot of that. So you can get on with living. Because you're so afraid of dying, I would think it would be nice at least to have a valuable aspect of living going on. Instead of being so consumed that you're going to die and miss out, well, what actually have you been here for? Yeah? What have I been here for? What, have I been here for the living of it, or have I been here for the thinking about it? Yeah? Or the ruminating over it, or the going over it, or the regurgitating of it. Yeah? 
I see that in recovery there's a solution. The solution is you're not that which is driving you crazy. Yeah? If you're not that which is driving you crazy, it loses the power to drive you crazy. If you are that which is driving you crazy, you're going to have to find a lot of skillful means to try to control and minimize what level of craziness you're going to be driven to. But if you're not that, the first thing the mind can entertain is, I can be free of it. Yeah. I'm not that. I can actually walk away. It's the first time I've ever entertained it. I can actually walk away from it, not walk away as it. Yeah? Walk away from it. It is a possibility. Then yeah? thoughts are held as thoughts, not yours. Yeah? Feelings are held as feelings. Most cases, not your feelings. And then the most cases will become more and more of the most cases. Yeah? So if you start entertaining, maybe instead of 50 thoughts being tattooed with the idea of yours, 48 of them will be tattooed. And you cannot believe how much heaviness you've escaped by those two thoughts not being held as yours. Yeah? Then maybe you keep entertaining. Maybe now the next 50 thoughts, 45 of them are held as yours. Five of them aren't. You cannot believe how much lighter it is. Then maybe 30 of them. Then 20 of them. And after a while, you've got a sort of a broad base, stabilized immunity to the thoughts. Yeah? Doesn't mean the thoughts are unseen. They just not seen the way you were looking at them from. Yeah? They're not seen from square one, they're seen from square zero. There's the uh, consciousness or being aware of the conscious contact. Yeah. I don't know, man. I came. So much has returned. My health has returned physically because the biggest burden I had was my mental condition to my physical health. So, a mental condition, what it was doing to the poor body, taking it to be itself, was unbelievable. The body was in constant stress because it was prone to believing what wasn't happening all day. So instead of having the emotion of fear coming over it maybe once every month or three months or maybe 12 times in a lifetime, it was living under the provoking of a physiological effect of fear by mental anxiety like 30 times a day, 40 times a day. Just getting buzzed out. It wasn't doing well. The organs weren't working, the nervous system was shot. All of this starts happening, but it all issues from the condition of mind. Then when the mind's not just reflecting constant agitation of mental processes, when it reflects, let's say, emptiness or awareness, it responds as peace. It gets chilled out. It has clarity. It can see blue is blue and red is red. It has recognition now of what's happening, not so much mingled with what's not happening. It just sees what's happening now instead of looking seeing what's happening now as a referral to what's there and then, you know. Much cleaner, much uh, more economized way of living a day. And when you go to sleep, man, you're really open to having a damn good sleep because you, you don't have to open up all these heavy packages you've made up during the day. Yeah? You're not working shit out. <laughs> you're actually resting. <laughs> yeah. We're just questioning, yeah, 
Are you on square one? Are you or maybe a square five? Are you attempting to get out of the game board as the boot? Yeah? The boot's never going to leave the Monopoly game. <laughs> it's defined by the Monopoly game. But are you the boot? Maybe if you're not the boot, the importance of getting to boardwalk may not seem so important. Or the incredible story told about being at Baltic Place may not have so much influence in you. You'll just participate in the game as it's going, knowing all the while that you're not that. Yeah. I'm not defined by what I did yesterday or what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm not defined by anything, you know? There's no need to have a definition of what you are. But if you start from this square... And I always, I truly believe this, all your moves will be defined by the first square you forgot. Yes. This will be the lingering precedent set, yeah? Which will be, it will be unable to be overcome. Self will not get out of self. Buddha will not find Buddha. Mind will not find mind. Yeah? I take them as absolute statements not as things that just may be the case or may not be based on me. No. I think they're absolute statements that mind cannot seek mind. Buddha cannot seek Buddha. Self cannot get out of self. When that hits me, it reverberates and it changes something. Yeah? It may change your mind from a form of looking called self-centeredness to a to a, an unformed scene. I mean, first of all, the way it's been expressing in my life, there was no way I could have ever planned to get here because this isn't what I thought the year would be like. Yeah? So if I left on a journey to get here... I would have been thinking what I thought that year was. I wouldn't have recognized this at all if I had an idea of how it should be. I wouldn't, wouldn't have seen it at all. It wouldn't have seen any value because no one was noticing it. <laughs> it wasn't making me any more powerful than anyone else or anything like that. It really didn't do anything in that sense. Yeah. So there would be no recognition, but because the system got shut down somewhat or frozen into place and mind moved out of that system, then what happened to it is impossible to uh, detail. Yeah? But the overall feeling is an incredible freaking relief. Yeah? And coming from square one, I would have been attempting to get a relief based on what I thought relief was, and it wouldn't ever look like it does now. Yeah. Because I would have gone be going from a preconceived idea to a preconceived destination. And while I was going there, if my mind wanted to be right by, about its take, I wouldn't see any evidence to the contrary. Just like when you... Uh, I remember when I was first sober, 
you'd like approval or acknowledgement. But and then I'd be at a meeting doing talks and I was getting tons of acknowledgement, but my mind wasn't my mind was looking for specific acknowledgement from like a five foot ten blonde. So as life was giving me exactly what I needed, I was saying no to all the delivering because I thought I wanted it and it should come in a certain way. Yeah? That one stickiness caused me to be blind to all these other possibilities. That's what it's like. And I'm saying there's already a, a preconceived stickiness. The idea of being what you're not, that's in place, that very rarely, very rarely is noticed. Very rarely is even entertained that that could possibly so that I'm not that. Yeah. But that thing, that preconception is conceiving everything else. It's making conceptions of everything else. And so we're taking a mental fabrication to be the real thing. And then when we arrive there, and it doesn't produce a real sense of well-being and a real immunity, we get fucking frustrated. Yeah? Or we get to be right, and we just deny it, and we act as if we're okay when we're not, you know? We do maybe a lot of gymnastics to deal with it's unable to deliver the goods. But when you actually have satisfaction and contentment, it really shows. A chilling out occurs, because most of the pursuits of the day are, are attempting to acquire what's always available, which is a sense of mental contentment, a peace of mind. And I noticed a lot of my journeys my planned ones and a lot of my odysseys and pilgrimages were cut cut short completely when this started to dawn on me. There was no need to go anywhere or to do much. Yeah? And that actually actually doing something and going somewhere would actually maybe be uh, a detriment to letting it blossom. Because the mind surely, surely has a drive to make something out of nothing. It just, it can't stand just to sit with nothing. It wants to make it something. So, that's good news to me. You can put the rock down, and if it ain't your rock, you'll walk away. You won't look back. Because it will call you, for sure. Once you put this thing burning down, it's going to call you like the sirens of Ulysses. It's going to try to grab your attention. And if you take it to be you in any way, you're probably going to look back. Once you look back, it's like it has you. You're like, it's like that thing, Sodom and Gomorrah, you turn into stone. You turn again into a calcified conception of yourself. Yeah? Like that. But if it ain't your rock and it's put down, you can walk away from it to be free. loud either it like I'm working really hard to make a little heat jeez and then when we turn it off it won't the heat won't be here for long <laughs> 
Sure working on it. The smallest little thing is like if it adds millions of miles, you know. If, if your day is based on you having to meditate, it's fine to meditate. But if it's based on you having to meditate, it's just, it's just <coughs> the one little thing just reverberates all it does all the time. Yeah. I guess that could possibly be so. As soon as that becomes possibly so, other ideas come up. Oh, I guess that could be possibly so. And then you're going to need help fast. (laughs) You're not going to be feeling well. (laughs) You're going to give everything you've dreamt all the power to affect you. (laughs) You and I are giving everything the meaning it has. You're dreaming this place. You're dreaming it big time. And we forget that we're the dreaming of it, and we give everything we've dreamt all the power to affect us. Yeah, see it. It's obvious. Let's take one example. Two women leave you. Yeah, one is casual, one's like the fairy princess. The same event happens. The one woman leaves you, you're over it very quickly. The other woman leaves you, you're heartbroken forever. The source of your happiness is left. Yeah? It's the same event, but the meaning is different. And who gave it that meaning? Was the woman give it the meaning, or you? You gave it the meaning. Yeah? This is happening. You, if you can see one example of that, let it expand. That's what's happening. Yeah, I heard that from the Course of Miracles, and that one blew my mind when I heard that one for the first time. It was lesson two, and it was like you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That floored me. It was just unbelievable. And then all those times where one day I was feeling good, something wasn't a problem. The next day I was feeling bad, something was the same thing was a problem. Then the next day I'm feeling good, it isn't a problem. All that made sense, you know, I finally got it. Oh, that's what they're talking about. I'm, I gave that thing the meaning it had. When I wasn't feeling good, so where I was looking at a problem was, feeling, was in square number five, let's say. I gave it the meaning of having a huge influence on me. That's a problem. Next day, I'm in square zero, or close to the square zero. I look at it, I don't give it the same meaning. It's not a problem. Next day, I'm on square eight. It's a huge meaning. It's a problem. Yeah. Who is it that's playing the biggest role? In the dream, we think that has a meaning, and it's going to affect me by with its meaning. But in mind, that's a projection and I'm giving it all the meaning it has. And when I forget that, it has the ability to affect me as this. That's the situation all day. If you look at this place, not from the the colors and the particulars, but on the template of mind, you would see that rings true. It's a subjective experience everyone's having. And what is a subjective experience? Is where you're at gives it a different meaning than where I'm at. Based on conditions, culture, whatever. Yeah. An Aboriginal sees a Mercedes Benz. He thinks it's a place to sleep. Breaks the windows out and moves in. 
we see a Mercedes-Benz, we think it's a, a status. I'm going to meet babes with this car. The <laughs> Aboriginal isn't planning on meeting babes. It's thinking of maybe making babes in there because it's going to be a house. It's the meaning that's given. Yeah? Where is that coming from? I like these statements because they lead you to the blueprint room. Instead of living, instead of believing that you have to live in the house that you seem to be in, if you could get to the blueprint room and see the house was made up here, basically, that you never signed the lease, that you're not the owner of the house, then you can entertain leaving the house, leaving it, not trying to make it look better or get underneath this avalanche of mortgage, you know, or whatever, but actually walk away, yeah. But if you take it to be real, it's going to take time to walk out of whatever is real. But if you see the problem doesn't exist, that doesn't take any time at all to be out of that, yeah? Because you're not inherently in it. If you were in it, it would take time to get out of it, but you're not in it, so it takes no time. That's a solution, yeah? That's a solution, yeah? A solution worth its salt has a timeless quality to it. And how could time put restraints on timelessness? You mean break. Time is made up on a mental level. Timelessness is the natural state. Yeah. So there you go. Hmm. Any questions?